0: Welcome to Trinity United Methodist Church in Duncanville, Texas. Today, we continue our sermon series on stories associated with Jesus, anecdotes and anecdotes. Today, we consider the questions. Will the rebels be able to defeat the Galactic Empire? Will Jesus kick out the Roman Empire? Join us now for the message. This isn't the Messiah you're looking for. Good morning and welcome to worship here at Trinity United Methodist Church in Duncanville, Texas. I'm Jane Grainer, and I'm the senior pastor.
1: And I'm Wesley McCall, and I'm the music director.
0: And this morning we'll be asked, answering the questions, will the rebels be able to defeat the Galactic Empire, and will Jesus be able to kick out the Roman Empire? Well, stay tuned for our message, This Isn't the Messiah You're Looking For. And now let us enter into a spirit of worship and prayer with this centering psalm.
1: This morning's centering psalm is from Psalm 147. Praise the Lord, how good it is to sing praises to our God, for he is gracious, and the song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem, he gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds He determines the number of the stars. He gives all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the downtrodden. He casts out the wicked to the ground. Praise the Lord. And now for our opening prayer. God of transformation and love, we come to this time of worship yearning for a vision and the promise of the kingdom. Open our eyes, our ears, and our hearts to your dream of what you created us and this world to be. Inspire us with a vision of walking in your holy way, a vision so compelling and so clear that not even fools can go astray. Walk with us on this journey to create a world of justice, radical love, and liberation, amen.
0: And even though we cannot be together in the same uh, space, we are together in the same time. So me and Daphne's prayer for you is, peace be with you.
1: I'm jealous. I never have a kitty join me during the service. (laughs) Uh, Now for our prayer for illumination. Holy God, author of the word made flesh, open us to your Holy Spirit, that as scripture is spoken and your word is proclaimed, we may be comforted convinced and changed to the glory of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, amen. We have two scripture readings this morning. The first comes from Isaiah chapter 29. On that day, the deaf shall hear the words of a scroll, and out of their gloom and darkness, the eyes of the blind shall see. The meek shall obtain fresh joy in the Lord and the neediest people shall exult in the Holy One of Israel. For the tyrant shall be no more, and the scoffer shall cease to be. All those alert to do evil shall be cut off. Those who cause a person to lose a lawsuit, who set a trap for the arbiter in the gate, and without grounds deny justice to the one in the right. Therefore, thus says the Lord who redeemed Abraham concerning the house of Jacob. No longer shall Jacob be ashamed. No longer shall his face grow pale. For when he sees his children, the work of my hands in his midst, they will sanctify my name. They will sanctify the Holy One of Jacob and will stand in awe of the God of Israel. And those who err in spirit will come to understanding and those who grumble will accept instruction. Our second scripture reading comes from Luke chapter seven. The disciples of John the Baptist reported all these things to him. So John summoned two of his disciples and sent them to the Lord to ask, are you the one who is to come or are we to wait for another? When the man had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to ask you, are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus had just then cured many people of diseases, plagues, and evil spirits, and had given sight to many who were blind, and he answered them, go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have good news brought to them, and blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. The Word of God for the people of God.
0: In the very first Star Wars film, which was later renamed Star Wars A New Hope, there is a favorite scene of fans where our young hero Luke Skywalker, along with his eccentric neighbor, the old hermit, Ben Kenobi. And these two droids that came to him under mysterious circumstances are making their way to the spaceport at Moss Eisley. And there they uh, plan to secure transport off of the planet Tatooine. In the meantime, however, the evil Darth Vader has ordered his Imperial Stormtroopers to find and apprehend the two droids. And so the troopers are searching every vehicle that comes in to Mos Eisley. So as Luke and his companions pull up in his X-34 land speeder, the stormtroopers stop him and they demand to see Luke's identification. But then old Ben Kenobi slowly waves his hand and says, you don't need to see his identification. For which then the stormtrooper kind of pauses for a moment and looks a little confused, at least as confused as one could look with a mask over his face and says, we don't need to see his identification. Ben says, these aren't the droids you're looking for. The trooper, these aren't the droids we're looking for. Move along, move along. And so as they move along after that, Ben explains to Luke Skywalker that the force can have a strong influence on the weak-minded. And so ever since, this catchphrase these aren't the droids you're looking for, has become a favorite among Star Wars fans. Uh, But you don't necessarily need the Force, then, to be confused, though, between what you're looking for and what you might be expecting, particularly if those may be two different things. So what we have here in our reading from Luke is we have two of John's disciples who have come to ask Jesus, Are you the one who is to come? Or are we to wait for another? Well, the Gospel of Luke tends to go into a lot more detail about about John the Baptist than the other Gospel writers do. Only Luke supplies us with any information at all about John's family or John's birth. And it's only from Luke that we learn that John and Jesus are cousins. And also Luke goes into much more detail about John's preaching. And Luke along with the Gospel of Matthew includes this scene here where Jesus interacts with two of uh, John's disciples. Our text today that Wesley read comes from the 7th chapter of Luke. But in the 3rd chapter of Luke we learn that the ruler of Galilee Herod Antipas has had Herod or excuse me has had John the Baptist arrested. And we learn a little bit later in chapter 9 that Herod has had John beheaded. But here in chapter 7, we find that, that John, even from prison, is hearing about all the ministry that Jesus is doing out there in Galilee. So curious, he sends two of his own disciples to go find Jesus and ask of him, are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Now, why did John have his disciples ask Jesus this particular question? I mean, wasn't it obvious to him? I mean, John had been preaching about Jesus this entire time. In fact, when he was back uh, baptizing the multitudes, John had said, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. But if we read the gospel carefully, we find that John actually never definitively identifies Jesus as the one that he is preaching about. And so it could be that John, like so many other of the Jews in this day, were expecting a Messiah who was more of a of a political or even a military Messiah. You see, they wanted more than anything to throw the Roman Empire out of Galilee and Judea. But it's not so surprising that John might be confused. After all, as he preached, he was looking for someone who had his winning fork in his hand, to clear his threshing floor, to gather the wheat into his granary, and to burn away the chaff with unquenchable fire. But at this point in his ministry, Jesus has done a lot of more teaching and healing than he's done winnowing and threshing. This may not have been what John was expecting. Perhaps Jesus was not the Messiah John was looking for. Jesus, or excuse me, John also finds himself in prison right now, so he may be realizing that his time is short and he wants to know the truth. If his mission has been to prepare for the Messiah, did he succeed? Did his own ministry make any difference? John wants to know if he's bet on the right horse. So he sends two of his own disciples to inquire of Jesus. And when they find Jesus, John's disciples relay his question. Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? And Jesus doesn't answer right away. Instead, he just continues to go about doing what he's always been doing all along, healing those who are sick in body, mind, or spirit. Well, after letting John's disciples observe him for a while, Jesus then answers them, Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, The lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have good news brought to them, and blessed is anyone who takes no offense in me. One of the most frustrating characteristics of Jesus is that he rarely gives us a straight answer. Why can't he just say yes or no? But as I've said before, I think God means for us to struggle over these questions because the struggle is in itself edifying. The struggle, in and of itself, brings us spiritual maturity. Besides, students and uh, learners, well, they learn the best when they are not spoon-fed answers. When they rather have to, they have to discover those answers for themselves. What Jesus talks about. The fact that the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. Well, this should sound very familiar to us, because it was just a few weeks ago that we read about when Jesus went to teach in the synagogue there in his hometown of Nazareth. That's back in chapter 4 of Luke. And it was there that he took from the scroll of Isaiah and read to the congregation there. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In Nazareth, Jesus laid down his agenda. And the Jesus agenda is not to get us all into heaven. It's to bring heaven down to earth. And this starts... With the inbreaking of the kingdom of God that is initiated in the life and ministry and teachings of Jesus. Every time Jesus heals, there is another crack in the power of this world where the light of heaven can shine through. John's disciples, as well as Luke's original readers, would also recognize that Jesus is frequently quoting or alluding to things that could be found in the prophet Isaiah, in that Old Testament book. You see, Isaiah often wrote of what it would be like once God's will was fully and finally enacted here on earth. In this ideal future, there would be a reversal of fortune. The blind, the lame, the poor, the leper, the widow, the orphan, the stranger, all would be restored and healed and blessed. So when, John, when Jesus says to John's disciples, go and tell John what you've seen and heard, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them, Jesus is saying that the signs of God's final dream for creation are starting to shine through. So in other words, yes, he is the one that he has been looking for. But he still may not have been the Messiah they were expecting. Notice the last line of what Jesus says to John's disciples. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. Well, the Greek word that is translated here as offense is actually the Greek word scandalizein, from which we get the English words scandal and scandalize. So another way to say, is, say this is, "'Blessed is anyone who is not scandalized by me.'" In a way, Jesus is saying to John, "'I know I'm not what you're expecting, "'but you can see that the kingdom is breaking open through my ministry. "'You can see that Isaiah's words are being fulfilled in me and in my ministry. "'And if you can accept this, then you are blessed.'" Like John, I think we all want to know if Jesus is the one we've been waiting for. Like John, most of us would appreciate it if we could just get a direct answer. But Jesus wants us to go deeper. Jesus is asking, what do you see? What do you observe happening? What conclusions can you draw based on what you're experiencing? You see, it can be easy to believe When we're in the daylight and everything is going well, it's easy then to see things clearly. But things are much harder to discern if we, like John, are imprisoned in the darkness. It may take for us just a little bit more of a spiritual imagination. If you hang around Jesus very often, then one of the things you're gonna notice is that Jesus refuses to conform to our desires and our expectations. He doesn't always say what we would want him to say, or he doesn't do what we would like for him to do. You see, this has always been true, though. It was true for John. It was true about the religious le- uh, religious leaders of their time. It was true of his parents as they went and searched for the twelve-year-old Jesus in the temple and found him there among the teachers and the scribes. And it's still true for us today. Jesus doesn't say what we want him to say. And he doesn't do what we want him to do. But still, we ask ourselves, what do you see? If you were asked to report back to John what it was that Jesus was up to, whether he was the one, what would you say? Well, one way we know that God was in Jesus is because he embodied the dreams and desires of God that were expressed through the Old Testament prophets. Good things happened around him. People were made whole and the marginalized were freed from their, from their oppression. God was at work. Likewise, in our world today, whenever we see people being made whole, and we see the marginalized being freed, then we see the work of God. The Jesus agenda is being enacted. And the surprising thing is, is that the Jesus agenda isn't always being fulfilled by people who claim to be followers of Jesus. Sometimes God's work is being done by those who had never claimed to be working for God, who may not even believe. And other times people who call themselves Christians are doing anything but the work of God. Now, if someone were to come and to make a report about what Trinity United Methodist Church was up to, what do you think that report would say? If someone were to observe us and our ministry, and remember, every Christian is a minister, what would they see? Would they see that through our efforts, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them? And if not literally, is it evident that this is what we were doing, at least figuratively? Are our lives intent on fulfilling the dream of Isaiah? Are we enacting the Jesus agenda by the works of our hearts and our minds and our hands? Would Jesus see in our lives the will of God being done on earth as it is in heaven? And in short, are we being the body of Christ on earth? Now I know that throughout the pandemic and even more so since we've been remodeling since the flood, it feels as if our church is in a holding pattern And and in reality, we really kind of are, but it's not going to be too much longer before our church building is ready and we're back there. And then we're going to have this once in a generation opportunity to rebuild this church literally from the ground up. It's almost going to be like a new church start. So what kind of church are we going to be? What kind of growth will we experience? And when I say growth, I don't just mean growth in numbers or growth in giving. I mean, what new heights of spiritual growth and awareness are we going to be able to cultivate in ourselves to encourage in others? How is this community going to be different? Because there exists Trinity United Methodist Church there near the corner of Clark and Danieldale. I've heard it said that if you want to do the will of God, then just look around, see what God is already doing in the world, and then join in. And again, Jesus gives us a way to know that it is God at work. It is God at work when the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. If these things are happening, whether literally or figuratively, then it is God at work. And if these things are not happening, then it's not God's work. And we're called to be about God's work. I was in a church once for a wedding. Now, I think it's fascinating to go into other churches and to look around to see what they have on their bulletin boards. What kind of, of literature do they have on display? What kind of photos do they have hanging on the wall? I think this gives you a real insight in what any particular congregation is all about. So what I noticed at this church, and this was a large church, that they only had out one display, one display of any kind, and all this display consisted of was various handouts and literature outlining how evil and sinful homosexuality was. And that was all. There were no displays about how they were building a Habitat house or supporting the local food pantry or sending school supplies to Africa. There were no photos of their smiling children or youth going to sing in a nursing home or going on a mission trip. Now, maybe this church was doing all these things as well, but all I saw was a church that judged gay people while not lifting a finger to help the poor, much less the blind or the deaf or the lame. No indication at all that they were really going about the work of God, which was the same work that Jesus did. You see, if we're not fulfilling the Jesus agenda, well, then we might as well all go home. But remember, Jesus is watching. Jesus is watching to see if on our watch, The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And I think in turn, Jesus is asking us, are we the followers he has been waiting for? Are we the followers he has called us to be? Let's be the one that others have been waiting for. Let's be the hands and heart of Jesus Amen. And so now, with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray the prayer that our Lord taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Remember that you can always find a recording of our service. Uh, You can find that on our Facebook page, on our website, TUMCD.org, or on our podcast, Jane's Most Excellent Church Adventure. If you have any questions about this church or would like to get in contact with me, feel free to send a message Uh, through our Facebook page. And remember this action item for this week ahead. Be on the lookout for what God is doing in this world and then do whatever you can to join in. And so now receive this benediction. Go forth this week, secure in the love and grace of God and ready to join in with whatever God is doing in this world. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Now love your neighbor and go in peace. We hope you enjoyed and were blessed by today's service. Join us next Sunday here on Facebook Live at 11 a.m. We'll continue our sermon series on the stories of Jesus If you can't join us live, you can always listen to the recording of our service. You'll find that on our podcast, Jane's Most Excellent Church Adventure. God bless you in the week ahead. We'll see you Sunday at Trinity United Methodist Church.